Alright, notice in verse 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 3, it says, This is a true saying, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And then as he read, he goes on and he names off the qualifications of a bishop. These are some things that he needs to have. And then he goes on and talks about the office of a deacon. And it gives some requirements. We'll probably look at, we might look at those a little bit later on. But notice how he's in the verse 1 it says, If a man desire the office of a bishop. Okay? It's pretty normal for people to have a desire for an office and have a desire for a position. Some people have desires of certain positions for the right thing, reasons. You know, they want to make a difference. You know, they want to, maybe somebody has a desire to be in politics. And maybe it's because they want to make a difference. They want to do good for the world. They want to contribute something to society. But there are some people, maybe they want it just because they want the power. They want the position. They want the platform or whatever, and they so they want that office. They have that desire. And the truth is, when it comes to certain positions and offices, they're not just meant for anybody. They're not just they're not just up for the grabs for whoever wants to come along and just say, I want that position. If you desire that office, you know, you're desiring a good work. That's a good thing to want to do. But let's give you, you know, it's like here's some requirements. And what I want to talk about tonight, I want to continue on with these, this series of messages on righteous judgment, and I want to look at righteous judges. And so last Sunday, we looked at some positions, you know, that God called, biblical positions that God called for that are to be filled by men who've been appointed by man to do works on behalf of the people. And these are, these, you know, these positions, they can be government positions, maybe even military positions. And in church, there's biblical positions that God has called for, that are uh, ordained of God. And not just anybody should, is allowed to step up and claim those positions. These are positions that are appointed, they're appointments, and they are to be filled by people that God called for, okay? And a calling on your life. You get, this is something we need to understand, you know. You hear a lot about the call to preach. You know, you hear preachers talk about that all the time. You know, when God called me to preach, you know, is the Lord calling me to preach? And, uh, you know, you, you hear all those things. And I've heard that all my life. But one of the things I've noticed is you, you can't, just because somebody says they've been called to preach, it doesn't prove that they're called to preach. Because there's a lot of people who say they're called to preach who don't meet the qualifications. You know, of uh, not just a preacher, but of a pastor. I, I'm called to be a pastor, but they don't meet the qualifications. Well, if you don't meet God's qualifications, then God did not call you. Okay, and just because somebody doesn't meet certain qualifications, you know, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they failed in life. You know, we're not all meant to be the same thing. There's different parts of the body, and if you don't meet a qualification for whatever reason. You know, it's not that God didn't bless you. It's, that, it's not that God was frowning upon you. It's just that's not what you were made for. And therefore, even if you were to take that position, even if we were to appoint you to that position, it wouldn't be the will of God. You would not be pleasing God in that position. You would not be happy in that position. You will be the most successful doing what God has chosen you for and God has called you for. And many people, they get bent out of shape when you start talking about the qualification of a bishop and when you say someone's not qualified, like it means they're less of a person. But here's the thing. We never made the rules, okay? I never made these rules. They come right out of the Bible. 
They're, you know, they've been around long before anybody ever heard of Tommy McMurtry. And so you can't get mad at me for just taking the Bible literally for what it says. And, you know, and the, the thing is, you know, there's, uh, and we're going to look at some of them in the Old Testament. When it comes to different positions, whether it be in church, you know, there's always qualifications. Judges. Okay? For, there's judges uh, are mentioned. We're going to look at some of those verses here in a little bit. But there's a lot of different positions that God has called for. Okay? And said so it's the call to preach. It's not just this feeling that comes over you. Lots of people get lots of feelings. Okay? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a missionary do a presentation where I didn't start feeling the call to the mission field. You know, I mean, man, I, I feel like the Lord wants me to go to that country. I mean, you know, why wouldn't you feel like that after you've seen the pictures, you heard the staffy music, you know, you've seen all, I mean, man, you're going to want to, you know, you're going to feel called at that moment. But is that what God wants you to do? You know, probably not. And so, uh, you know, as a church, we, we shouldn't just accept the fact that somebody claims that they've been called of God. We have a responsibility to look at that person, ask questions, and ask, is this what God called for? Are you what God called for? Because God called for some specifics. And if that person meets those qualifications, and if they prove themselves, you know, and if we've got a need, we have the authority to put them in that position. We have the authority to give them that office as a church. And every one of us in here today, we're all judges. Okay, Whether you like it or not, every one of us in here are judges in, in some way, shape, or form. We all make judgments every day, don't we? Okay? How many of you have ever been in your car before and you've seen some shady-looking character walking towards your car? Maybe you locked your doors. You know what you did? You made a judgment. You judged that person's not trustworthy. I'm locking my doors. You know? that, that, was a, that was a judgment. And you know what? While that judgment might have been a bad judgment, while you might have been discriminating or whatever, just, and we all discriminate all right, to, to one extent or another, do you understand that even though that might not be nice, when it comes to your car, you know, that's your jurisdiction. If you want to do that, go right ahead and do that. You can lock your door and you could ignore that person or if they come knocking on your window and then drive off real fast. You know, you're allowed to make those judgments, okay? And we make judgments like that every day. In our jobs, we make judgments. We see people, uh, you know, maybe you're talking to them and you can tell something seems wrong. And what do you do? You judge their behavior and you respond with, okay, maybe I ought to give them some space today. Or maybe, hey, maybe I ought to try to reach out to them. We're all constantly making judgments and we're all judges. And... That's fine for us to do that as long as we are, these judgments we're making are judgments that are ours to make. You know, as long as they're in our jurisdiction. But at the same time, you know, a lot of times we try enforcing things that are not our place to enforce and pushing things that, you know, we shouldn't be pushing. We make judgments that aren't our judgments to make. And there are, there's some things that we're qualified to judge. And some things we're not qualified to judge. And all these messages, what I'm trying to do, and then because there's so much Bible we could look at, and there's so many different scenarios, but I'm just trying to get us in a biblical mindset when it comes to these things. Because this is all, all the stuff we're talking about. There's a million different illustrations we could use, a million different examples. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to start thinking this way, okay? So when it comes to a judge, when it comes, and when I say a judge, you know, don't think of a guy in a black robe. You know, I said we're all judges. We all judge different things. There's a lot of different positions 
that we have, okay? And there are some things that we are not qualified to judge. There are some things I am not qualified to judge. It would be, it would be foolish for the city to appoint me like the commissioner of, you know, on, when it comes to the, uh, electrical code. Alright? And it would be foolish for them to send me into a building that's being built and have me inspect the electrical work that's happening in that building. Because you know what I'm going to... You know how I would inspect that building? I would check to see if the light switch works. I would plug, you know, something into the outlet to see if that works. I'm like, yep, we're all good. You know? I am not qualified to judge electric. I would not, I am not qualified to judge plumbing and to see if it's up to code. I don't know what the code is. If I read what the code was, I wouldn't know how to tell if they followed the code. I am not qualified for that. Therefore, I have no business making judgments in that. And it would be foolish for our city to appoint me to be the judge of those things and to be the one going and looking into those things. And there are some things that many times Christian people, they put themselves, they, a lot of times they put themselves in a position to be a judge when nobody put them in that position. Nobody called for them. They're not qualified. They have no business to it, but they do it anyway. And sometimes people do. They'll actually put somebody in a position where they have no business being in that position. I'm going to steal this story, but you've heard me talk about the post turtle. Alright? And I got this from, some, from somebody else. You know, these farmers walk along one day, they see a big old turtle sitting on a fence post. And what, what in the world are they doing? And the, those, those fence posts, are, I've heard they're like a lot of preachers and a lot of pastors in churches. They're people, and you're like, what does a pastor in a church somewhere have to do with a post turtle? So if you see a big old turtle sitting on a post, two questions come to your mind. One, or two things come to your mind. One, it don't belong there. And two, who's the idiot that put it there? And it's the same thing. There's a lot of pastors out there. They don't belong behind the pulpit. They don't belong, you know, in that position of leadership. And then you always ask the question, who's the idiot that put them there? Who's the idiot that laid hands on that person and ordained them and sent them out to start a church or pastor a church? They are not qualified. They do not belong there. And I'm telling you, I would be a post turtle when it came to, you know, the electrical world or the plumbing world. I don't know anything about those things. I would look stupid there. I don't fit there. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to those things. And we need people in positions who are qualified to be in those positions, whatever it is, whether it be in the church, whether it be in court, whether it be in Congress, it needs to be people who are qualified. Turn over to Exodus chapter 18. And verse 25. Now, we looked at this passage a few weeks ago. Exodus chapter 18, verse 25. This is when Moses' father-in-law told him, you need to appoint judges. You need men to help you make these judgments. You've got too much on yourself right now. And he says in verse 25, And Moses chose able men out of all Israel. and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons. The hard cases they brought unto Moses... But every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart. He went out his way into his own land. So we see how they chose judges. Able men. Okay? These, these are people who are capable. These are guys who are going to be able to handle it. They put some people over thousands, some over hundreds, fifties, and tens. And it's like, you know, why the different numbers? Okay? And a lot of times, and this is just my opinion, some people believe that, well, some people are able to handle a thousand people. Some people can only handle a hundred people. I personally think it's just... 
Sometimes you might have a big group of people that they don't need a lot of judging. These people, uh, you know, there's some communities that don't have any policemen. Smaller communities many times. You know why? They don't need them. The people there behave. They're not having problems. There isn't conflict all the time. But there's some places where just the type of people that are there, they need judges all the time. They need the policemen there all the time. And so if, you ha- if you're somebody who's in charge of that type of person, those type of people, you know, you're only going to be able to you know, deal with about 10 at a time because they're going to be require so much work. But there are some people, you know, they never, they're never in court. They never call the cops. You know, nobody calls the cops on them. They're just law-abiding citizens. They require very little effort. And I think that's probably a lot of what the difference is in those numbers there. But he said, you know, choose able men. So here's the question. All right, let's start thinking biblically again. Who decides who's qualified? Okay. Who decides who's qualified for something? All right. Why, why am I not qualified to be the electrical you know, code guy? You know, who says that? Who is it that you know, made a rule that you got to know this and this and this? You know, who is he? Because I don't see anything about an electrical code guy in the Bible and, you know, and a plumbing inspector in the Bible. Who came up with that? Who was it that made the requirements? You know, who did that and why do I have to follow it? You ever, you ever think about that stuff? You know, we, we should think about that stuff. But you know, the truth is, you know who decides who's qualified? It's those who have proven that they know what they're doing when it comes to those things. Okay? You know who we're going to hire is if, if we're like, you know what, we need somebody to make sure things are following the code. We're going to find somebody who knows a little bit about electricity. Somebody who's worked with it. Somebody who's got some experience with it. Somebody who's you know, run the electrical in buildings that have been there for years and the places didn't burn down. You know? And somebody who has done the, they've done the work, they've proven that they know what they're doing, they have a success rate, they've got something we can look back on and yep, this person's good at what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They've got good references. I've talked to people who've uh, you know, they've done work for and they've all given great responses. They don't know how electricity works, but they know their electricity works. And it's worked good, and they haven't had any problems. Say, okay, we can trust that guy. If you want to know if you can trust me for electrical, you can just call my, you can just call my wife, and she'll tell you right away, no, he's not qualified to do electrical work. He still hasn't figured out how to get the heater working in the bathroom that uh, he put in our house. And it's, it's, still not, it's still not working right. And have had a lot of problems with that. And most of what is working right in our bathroom is because Brother Menez came over and helped me with it. All right? So, uh, you know, clearly, clearly not qualified but somebody, so somebody who's with experience has a proven track record. Someone chosen from among the people. Okay, somebody chosen from among the people, and you know, and so, you know, being unqualified. Once again, being unqualified doesn't make you less of a person. Okay, I'm not, I'm not qualified to be an electrician. I'm not qualified to be a plumber. Does this, does that make me a bad person? You know, do I have a right to, you know, talk about call the people here in our city legalists? Because they don't trust me. They don't think I'm qualified. No. It's just, it's just common sense. I clearly don't know what I'm doing. And if I decide, well, you know what? I want the position, all right? And this is something that's the point of my men. I'm going to try to get that job. 
well, you know what? There's going to be there's people. I don't even know who they are that are going to be in charge of giving me that job, and they're probably going to have some questions for me. They're going to start asking me questions, and they're going to start talking about 110 and 220, and I have no clue what that means. People have asked me that stuff before. I don't even know what you're talking about. All right, all I know. I'm flipping the switch and it's not working. All right, you know, and I, I'm, they're gonna they're gonna figure out that I'm I'm way over my head in five seconds. And the truth and the truth is, you know, just not all jobs are for everybody. You know, some people are good at fixing things. You know, some people are good mechanics. I look under the hood of a car and I just get overwhelmed. You know, look at all that stuff. I don't want to mess with that. I, I I used to help a guy that had a body shop. Uh, when I was in LaSalle, and he'd have me do work sometimes, and he'd have me start taking stuff apart, and I was pretty good at taking the stuff apart, but I remember sometimes he'd be like, now then later you have to put that back together, and I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen there, and I, and, you know, and I, I'd have to keep asking him, all right, now what goes back on next, you know, and he would be able to look at it, and he knew, but I had no idea, I, I had no idea, I watched him one time take a car almost completely apart, he literally, he uh, the back of a car got smashed and the front was brand new. The front was perfect. The engine was perfect. And he got a back end of another car like that and he put them together like that. I mean, it, it was pretty impressive how he did it. And I, I remember watching that and I'm seeing all the pieces. I'm like, if he gave all this to me, I'd send it to the junkyard because I, I don't care how long I tried, I would never, ever be able to get that car running on the road again. I, I, there, and I, I wouldn't even try. Some, some, but am I a terrible person because of that? No, I'm just not qualified for that. We see in the Bible, there were men like, you know, Bezalel that was one who made the Ark of the Covenant that God had just gifted him when it came to that type of work. There's some people there, they're good builders. They know how to do those things. My brain does not work in that area. I have no artistic abilities at all. I can't, I, the only thing I can draw is a three-dimensional cube. That's the best thing I can do when it comes to drawing. My writing is terrible. I'm, I'm terrible at it. Some people are great at it. We all have different gifts, different abilities. And not all jobs are for everybody. And the greatest accomplishment that anyone can achieve is just the perfect will of God for their life. Look what it says in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Notice with Jeremiah, he was something that God, God had a specific pur- purpose for him. I mean, before he was even born, God knew exactly what he was going to want from Jeremiah. And it was God that formed him. And notice with Jeremiah, he immediately brings up the fact, Hey, I, I can't speak. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not qualified, but God's home. I'm the one that made you. And you know what? I'll be with your mouth. And God touched his mouth. He said, I'll give you the words to speak. You just need to trust in me. And what God wanted Jeremiah to do is just trust in God and do God's will for his life. And just understand that if God puts something in the Bible, if God puts a requirement in the Bible for a specific position and you don't meet that for whatever reason, just understand that that is not what God made you for. 
That is not God's will for your life. You are not a terrible person. God does not think less of you. God just has something different for you. And you don't have the right to just throw out those rules and appoint yourself to whatever that position is. You have no right to go and put pressure on me as a pastor and put pressure on, on our church and demand that we give you whatever position you want and then try to call us legalistic or something because we don't go along with it. That's, that's just wrong. That is not what this is all about. And we've, got to make, and we've got to make sure also that if you do meet the requirements, that you don't get lifted up with pride just because you meet some qualifications. Look what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6. It mentions, you know, not a novice, lest being, or, um, or not, that, yeah, lest being lifted up with pride, you fall in the condemnation of the devil. You don't want to be, we've got to be careful we don't get lifted up with pride. And that happens many times where it's like you might have a young guy who, all right, you know, I got me a wife. I've got me some kids. Man, I graduated Bible college. You know, I've got all this knowledge. You know, I just, man, I, uh, there's no way I'm a novice. I know my stuff. And they do. They start looking and, man, I meet the qualifications. And, you know, when it comes to uh, the requirements for a bishop that God gives, you know, a lot of people meet those qualifications. You know, you are not this extremely, exceptionally fantastic person because you meet those qualifications, okay? There's lots of people that meet those qualifications, but you know, not everybody that meets those qualifications, it's not God's will for every one of them to be bishops. And it's real easy for people to look at that and be like, yep, check mark, I got that, check mark, I got that. And you get lifted up with pride. That's dangerous right there. That's a dangerous attitude we ought to have. And don't get, and that's one of the reasons too. You have other people. Maybe they don't meet one of the qualifications. Maybe it's something they can't even help, and they don't meet it, and then they get all bent out of shape because now they feel like they're less of a person. Well, where'd they get that attitude from? They got it from Mister Hotshot that thinks you know because he's got a diploma and a couple of kids and a wife that you know he's this great person that has achieved this great accomplishment of you know fulfilling the requirements of a bishop. No, uh, it, it's not the greatest thing in the world. It, it, it really isn't. But at the same, a judge, uh, but you know, at the same time, for the pastor, for example, we don't have time to go through all the requirements, but notice one of the things it mentions. It mentions one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. You know, for if a man know not how to rule his own house or take care of his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? You know, why does that matter? You know, having a family and having children, okay? Because of the fact that when you're pastoring, you're, gonna, you're constantly making judgments, aren't you? You constantly have to make judgments. And a family is great practice for that because parents are constantly making judgments. Parents are constantly dealing with conflicts and disputes. I mean, we've got them going to our house all the time. You know, my wife, sometimes I think she ought to just wear a black robe around the house and carry around a gavel in her hand because, you know, it's constantly people bringing their causes to the judge. You know, you know, Chloe did this to me, you know, and, you know, I'm demanding that she get four swats or something like that, you know, and then she's got to make the judgment. And that's how you feel sometimes as a parent, don't you? And you know what? Pastors feel that way sometimes, too. It's like they're always dealing with conflicts in their churches. And a lot of times you deal with some pretty childish behavior. And it's like parenting helps you with that. It, it really does. And it's amazing how, how many people, you know, the difference, too. And let, you know, I said, 
once again, don't think, I think I'm a hot shot or some big shot, you know, because I've got a bunch of kids and I've dealt with some of this stuff. But, you know, God, he did, he, he put these requirements in there because he knew these were going to be great preparation for us. And one of the things that I see all the time that just, you know, I, I don't get annoyed by much, but one of the things that annoys me are, you know, especially in the online world, you see a lot of this. And I've seen it here in the church too. You know, you'll have some knucklehead that comes through here. You know, they've never done anything in their life. But, you know, they've listened to some preaching. They've read a book. They've had somebody who has experience tell them how something is supposed to be done. And now all of a sudden they're an expert. I mean, I had a guy rebuke me the other day for something online. You know, he knows more than I do about something in a situation. And this guy's been saved for six months. And, I, you know, I, and I'm nice to people like that. I didn't bring this up to him. I didn't say anything about it. But he's a young guy. I mean, he's not even married. Doesn't have any kids. Been saved for like six months. And you're going you're gonna to tell me how these things ought to be run. You're going to tell me how this ought to be handled. And all he's going off of, too, all he's going off of is a sermon that he heard somebody else preach. You know, and he, and he doesn't even know what all's going on in these situations. And you've got to listen to these people all the time. And I constantly listen to it. You know, I, I get all the goofballs on YouTube leaving comments. And, and you, you know, I get emails sometimes. I just, I just had somebody call here today, leave two super long messages. I preached a message about racial tension in America a while back. And, uh, you know, I missed the mark on that one. And this guy came and basically uh, left this long message explaining how it happened. You know, and it's because white people are evil. And, uh, you know, they, our founding fathers were satanic. And, uh, I mean, just... I quit listening to it. It was so long. I quit listening. I walked out. I was doing something. I walked back in. He's like still going on that on the answering machine. I, I, it was just really, I you know, really. I mean, and it, it's amazing the experts that are out there because they listen to a sermon, and now all of a sudden they just got all the answers and everything. And it's like you're an idiot, right? You you are a novice. You have no clue what you're talking about. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm learning. You know, I'm learning how to deal with this stuff because I, I can't even keep track of, all, you know, all the lies that are being told about me online anymore. It's just, it's amazing. And just how people go along with stuff. And, you know, I used to take the bait and you go on and you try to defend yourself and it just makes it worse. I mean, I'm looking at stuff today and I'm just like, really? I mean... And, and, and you listen to who these people are talking about you, and they're people that have never done anything in their life. They never accomplished anything in their life. Some of these people, their marriages are falling apart. They can't even control their family. But boy, they know everything that I'm supposed to do. And they can just tell you how I've messed up everything and how I've done everything wrong. It's like, you people can't even keep your family together. You've never even attended church for one church for more than five years straight. And you're going to try to tell me how to pastor? Uh, I'm sorry. You are in no position to judge. You are not qualified. And I don't care what message you've heard, heard somebody preach. You are clueless. All right? And it, it's amazing the experts that are out there. And, you know, we all see it. We see it in politics. People who've never ran for anything. People who've never been in politics. They know all about how somebody should campaign. Okay? I, and we, you know, we've all seen that. People that have never played a game of football in their life, they know everything wrong that the quarterback did. And that's gotta be, it's got to be annoying 
when you have these quarterbacks, these professional quarterbacks that have devoted their lives to it, they're the greatest in the world at what they do, listen to a bunch of out-of-shape guys on the radio talk about everything they do wrong. And it's like, what a joke. And it's got to aggravate these people. And I do. I get aggravated at all the baby Christians that want to tell me how I need to pass to the church and all the things that do wrong. It's like, you're, you're an idiot. Okay? You, you have no clue what you're talking about. And we see that you know, there are some things that there are requirements that God did. And many of these requirements are things that require some length of life, some experience. And people these days, they want everything quick, don't they? They want everything right away. I want to be handed that position right away. You know, they don't, they don't want, you know, and a lot of these requirements, they take time. If I'm a young single guy and I want to be a pastor, it's going to take, it might take me a while to find a wife. And it's going to be a while before you have some kids. And it's going to be a while before you've proven yourself faithful. But these things are necessary because not just anybody should take any job and any office. There's, there need, we need people who belong there, people that God called for. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 16. Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 18. God's given some very specific things here about judges. It says, Judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee throughout thy tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. Okay, God, and God's telling them, you're going to make these judges. You're going to select these judges. Judges are appointed by the people. Okay, and a lot of these people too that know, you know, know how to be pastors, but have never pastored. The reason they're not pastoring is nobody has ever asked them to, and nobody ever will ask them to. Just like you know, nobody's going to ask me to do electrical stuff because I have no clue what I'm doing, and I can run my mouth about stuff all I want, but uh, you know. The truth is, these positions, you get appointed by people. By people. And some people never will get appointed, and for very good reason. But it says in verse 19, um, Thou shalt not rest judgment, thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise, and pervert the words of the righteous. That which is altogether just shalt thou follow, that thou mayest live and inherit the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Okay, you're supposed to do things that are just. Well, most people today, they don't even know what just is. They don't know what the law is. They don't know what the Bible teaches. And that's why we're talking about you know, righteous judgment. People don't know how to think with a biblical mindset. And therefore, they make bad judgments. They make unjust judgments. And we see here that one of the things that says they're not to rest judgment, W-R-E-S-T, and that word rest, it means to twist or extort by violence, you know, to pull or force from by violent ringing or twisting, all right? So kind of like basically a twisting judgment. You know, I know the law says this, but, you know, let's twist it, you know, to meaning that. It's kind of like what a lot of people do with the Scriptures. You know, they twist the Scriptures. You know, the you know it's okay to steal. The Bible says, let him who stole, steal. I don't, do I need to read the rest? You know, <laughs> you know just, I mean, I know that's an extreme right there, but I mean, people almost take it that far sometimes, don't they? Where it's like they're just, they twist these things, they just, and, and we, we see that with the laws today too. Where judges sometimes will they you know they'll twist the law and we've got we've got to watch out for that we don't want people like that 
making judgments. We need people who are going to judge something. They need to be people who love the Word of God that are going to follow it for what it says. They're not going to pervert it. They're not going to twist it. They're not going to cut things from it. They're not going to add things to it. They're going to go off what the law says. In the end, say, this isn't me. I'm just a judge. I'm supposed to interpret the law. And it's real clear what the law says. So it's, this, is not my, this is not my problem. This is not my decision. This is what the law says. And yeah, I'd like to let you get away with murder. I didn't like that person that you killed. But you know what? This is what the law says. So guess what? You're getting put to death. You know, that's the way the judge should be. That should be their, that should be their attitude. And judges are not to rest judgment or twist it, pervert judgment. Judges are not to be respecters of persons. Okay? And you know, laws, we don't have time to look at the scriptures on this, but laws should work the same way for the rich as well as the poor. It should be the same for the famous or the unknown. Now, do we have that in this country today? Absolutely not. We see it all the time where rich, famous people, their cases get drug out for months and months and months. They get 15 lawyers and they just, and they always get off, don't they? You know, OJ proved that if you got enough money, you know, you can get away with murder. And he did. If that would have happened to a normal person, somebody who wasn't famous, somebody who didn't have a lot of money, they'd have gotten thrown in prison and, ne- and never got out. And we've all seen that before. There, there is no doubt that things are different in the law in our country depending on somebody's status. And that is so wrong. That is so wicked. A judge uh, is not to be a respecter of persons. Judges are not to take gifts. The Bible says, you know, gifts, the gift doth blind the eyes. Well, man, I don't want to, I'm not going to want to side against the person giving me money. You know, I don't want to side, you know, against that guy who donated to my campaign. You know, I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him get off scot-free. That's not right. But that would be hard. If some guy donated a bunch of money to your campaign, you know, you're running for judge or something. And then that guy gets brought before you for a speeding ticket or something. Oh man, that guy you know donated five thousand dollars to my campaign. I, I can't make him pay that seventy-five dollar ticket. No, it's understandable that you feel that way, but you're a judge. If the law requires him to pay the ticket, you make him pay the ticket, and you do not be a respecter of persons. And uh, you know, so it would be a good idea too when choosing a judge or something. You choose one that doesn't have financial problems. Same thing even with a pastor too. You don't want a pastor sugarcoating the message because he's afraid of losing, you know, Mr. Moneybags in the church. And so, you know, if one of these days, you know, I move on, you all got to find a different pastor or something. I highly recommend you don't hire the guy that's up to his eyeballs in debt and who's, you know, in a financial mess. Because guess what he's going to be worried about all the time? He's going to be worried about the money. And he's not going to make the right decisions. He's probably not going to be preaching the right things because he needs money. Now, if you want to manipulate the pastor, that's probably the guy you want. All you got to do is you know, buy him some stuff every now and then, give him a little bit of money, and you'll probably get what you want in the church. And you know what? There's people in churches that figure that out. And they use that to their advantage. And that's also wicked. That's, that's also wrong too. But, uh, we, but that, that Bible says the gift, you know, it does blind the eyes. But judges... They are supposed to be blind followers of the law. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. This is a well-known, well-known passage that unfortunately just has been destroyed by the liberals. But it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. 
And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother eye, brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. When it's saying judge not here, it's not saying that it's a sin to judge, but it's talking about hypocritical judgment. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be that guy that's criticizing how a pastor runs his church when you can't even run your own house. When you can't run your own house, when your marriage is falling apart, when your kids are as wicked as the devil and you have absolutely no control in your household and you're going to judge a preacher because you don't like how he's handling his church, you're a hypocrite. A big hypocrite. You need to get your family in order first. You need to get your house in order first before you start trying to help somebody else with their house. That is hypocritical judgment. That's being like the Pharisees. And we're not supposed to be hypocrites. It says in Romans chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself for thou that judges, do it the same thing. You know who I found out in my, in my life, in my experience, the most harsh people in the world are, the most judgmental, most critical people in the world are, are the ones who are the biggest failures in life. People who are the first ones to run their mouth about other people's failures are people who are massive failures in their own life. And you, you'll find out some of these people who are just ripping on you and just criticizing you sometimes, and you find out about their life and their situation. It's like, who are they to be talking about anything I'm doing? I mean, good night. What a hypocrite is what that is. That's, it's a hypocrite. And we've got a lot of people out there that they're, man, they're great talkers. They're great talkers, man. They know all about soul winning because they watch videos on how to go soul winning. You know, the only time they ever go soul winning is at the, you know, the marathons and things where everybody's at. They don't do it on a weekly basis. They don't do it on a consistent basis. You know, they do it when everybody's looking. They do it when it's, when it's big. They do it when it's popular. I've heard some of these people too, they'll complain about their churches. They never go soul winning because the, the soul winning in their church is lame. Okay, so why is that stopping you? From going so well, you know, not many people go. Well, so what? You can still go. Oh, well, you know, our pastor doesn't even take a Bible when he goes out. So you can take a Bible. You know, I mean, what in the world? Why don't you just go and do it the right way? But instead, you would rather sit there like a lazy bum and criticize everything they're doing wrong. But at least they're trying to do something. And in the meantime, you do nothing because they're not perfect. And I'm, man, I've come across way more of these people than I'd like to admit exist. But they're all over the place. And that's called a hypocrite. That is a hypocritical judge. And if we're going to be a judge, someone who is judging a situation, somebody who has authority in there, whether it be a pastor, whether it be an actual judge, you know, whatever it is, it ought to be someone who has succeeded in something before, besides just being a judge. Okay, great. You know how to tell everybody else what they should do, but you fail at telling yourself what you should do in your own life. When I was an assistant pastor, there were often many times when there were situations in the church and my dad would judge the situation and I was like, you know what? I, I would disagree with what he did. And you know what? Most of the time, 
after time went on and things played out, turned out he judged it right. But you know what? There were some times that to this day, I'm like, yeah, you know, he was wrong in that situation. I was right. But here's the, here's the thing. It wasn't my call to make. So you know what? Even if I was right, who cares? It wasn't my judgment to make. Therefore, I get no reward for being right. I have nothing to brag about. Now, I can go around and I can say I was right. Man, there was that one time I remember I thought he should have done it this way and he was wrong. I was right. Who cares? I wasn't the pastor. It wasn't my place. It was not my judgment to make. And you've got these goofballs out there that every once in a while they get lucky and they get something right and now they just know more than everybody else. Who cares if you were right about that? That was not your judgment to make. That was not your place you get no rewards for that. And there's a lot of people out there who in their mind, they have been right about many situations, but it was situations that those judgments were not theirs to make. So guess how many rewards they get for being right? Zilch. Zero, nada, nothing. But when it comes to judgments that actually are theirs to make, when it comes to being a good husband, when it comes to being a good father or whatever, they have failed and they have failed and they have failed over and over again. And you know what? It doesn't matter how many times you get everybody else's situations right. You need to get your stuff right. You need to get your house in order. And if you can't do that, you are a hypocrite and you have no position or you have, you have no place judging anything else. You have no place in leadership in a church you have no business being in leadership anywhere. You have failed in everything that you have ever been given. And therefore, you need to shut up. That's all there is to it. And so the bottom line is that we're all judges. Okay? We're all judges. We all have responsibilities. And we do, many times, we need people as a church, as a community, that will take on certain responsibilities on our behalf. We need people that will say, I will do this job on behalf of other people. We need people like that. And as a church or as a community, we should appoint people to those positions. But those who we appoint, those who do these things, they're special people that we, and we ought to honor them. If we put somebody in that position, we ought to give them some respect. Okay, If we whether it be elect them the mayor, whether it be appoint them as a judge or whatever, there's a certain level of respect that we ought to give that person because they got chosen, they got appointed. That, the Bible says, Thou shalt not revile the gods nor curse the rulers of thy people. And it's talking about gods there. It's not talking about deities, but it's just talking about leaders. It's talking about authorities. Okay? If there's people that our community has put in these positions, there is a certain level of respect that we owe them. We don't have to agree with their decisions. If they do things that are wicked, we can call out the wickedness, but there is a level of respect that we ought to give them. There's special people we ought to honor. But at the same time, you know, we need to understand too that there's people out there that just want positions. They just want to be a big shot. They just want the title because they want to beat their chest. They want people respecting them or whatever. They want that platform. And we need to make sure as a community, we need to make sure as a church that we are diligent and checking these people out that we appoint over positions and over tasks that are done on our behalf. If I were to move on and you all were to appoint another pastor 
And he's somebody that's not qualified, somebody who's never succeeded in anything, somebody who is a failure, somebody who can't even, you know, keep his own house in order. Understand that if you appoint him as the pastor, you make him the pastor of this church, and he does a sorry job, that hurts all of you. It's going it's to make all of you look bad. And so you've got a responsibility and you ought to be diligent. And, you know, I wish I wish people would do that when it comes to our politicians. I wish people would actually look into who they're voting for, you know, and just say, hey, is this somebody that has any you know, business being in a position like that? And a lot of people think that just because this is America and a boy can be and a girl and a girl can be a boy, they think even though they're a loser, they don't meet any qualifications at all. I can be a pastor. I can be a judge. I can be a governor. I can be... No, you can't. And you know what? I'm tired of this too. I'm going to all close this. I'm tired of these pastors that come along. There's, all, there's always some pastor out there that just decides they're going to run for president or governor or something like that. They've no, never run for any political office, but they, because they are morally superior they all of a sudden now think they're qualified to run a country or a state. No, you're not. You don't even know how politics works. You have no idea what you even be in for. You are, just because you're a pastor, you're not qualified for that. But, but they think they are because they're morally superior. And, you know, they listen to a lot of Rush Limbaugh, so they know, you know, they know how politics is supposed to work. They, listen, they watch Sean Hannity or whatever. And, and it's a joke. And it's the same people. We've got a bunch of failures, and life failures, who they listen to preaching. And because they've heard some preaching and they know a few things from the Bible, they have declared themselves authorities in things that are not theirs. And they expect positions that they are just the farthest thing from being qualified for. And uh, we've got to start making thinking righteous, righteous with righteous judgment. And we need righteous judges. We need righteous leaders. The type of people that God has called for. God has called for a certain type of people who fulfill certain roles and qualifications to do certain jobs on behalf of us. And God has given us as a people responsibility to make sure that these people fulfill those things before we appoint them to that position of leadership. And churches suffer when they put guys behind pulpits that had no business being behind pulpits. Communities suffer when they put mayors and leaders and things in positions that had no business being there in the first place, but maybe they were a good talker or whatever. And we've got to, we've got to make sure we're thinking biblically when it comes to these things and that we use righteous judgment. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. I pray You'll help us, Lord, to, to follow these things in our life. Lord, I pray You'll help us to um, make righteous judgments and I pray You'll help us to appoint uh, righteous judges. People who uh, actually do belong to the type of people that You called for. And I, I pray You'll help us to uh, just as individuals to strive to meet these qualifications to the best of our ability and to do things in Your way. And I pray that You'll just give us wisdom, dear God. I pray You'll help us to just study Your Word on these things and so we can get back to having a biblical mindset so we can avoid uh, some of the foolishness that uh, we brought upon ourselves, whether it be in politics or even in churches. And I pray You'll, uh, you'll bless us in those areas. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go